Welcome back to another episode of The Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts, that's us, examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film The Best Years of Our Lives. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Jeremy Sternhagen. I'm Tyson Ferris. And together, we are the hosts of The Real Jaws Minute, where we talk about Jaws one minute at a time. But not today, we're talking about the best years of our lives. Tyson, what minutes of the best years of our lives are on the docket today? This is 103. Minute 103 starts with an overpriced lotion, and it ends with Fred talking about Lucia's before the war. Not Lucia. Lucia's? Am I saying it wrong? He's... I don't know. I think he says the name. I don't remember anymore. They do, and I maybe I'm yeah. saying <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> these things right. matter. Yeah. It's on the window. Lucia's or Lu- Lucia's. I think So it was about at this point in the movie that I realized that um boy, this is good podcasting. That uh uh Teresa Wright, she's in Shadow of a Doubt. Uh yeah. I uh, I don't know that movie super duper well like other hitchcock movies it's one of my very very favorite it might even be my favorite hitchcock yeah i'm sure that previous podcaster minutes will have already brought that up but it i did not realize that until about halfway through the movie because i just felt like i knew her couldn't place her so i wikipedia it away and there she was in shadow of a doubt so very cool. Yeah. Uh, that movie and this movie? Of of her first like six films, I mm-hmm. think she's nominated for Academy Award in like four of them. Like oh, is she uh three her first three are three consecutive nominations. Yeah. And one uh the second of those for Mrs. Miniver. Yeah, Mrs. Miniver, yeah. As the granddaughter, yeah. right? A movie I've never seen, but what? I've heard of it. Oh, well, that will definitely have to get on Bad at Movies. Okay. What podcast are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, this, him doing this, is I feel like this is very forward for a married man. Well, I feel like at this point in the movie, it's firmly established that he is married in name only sure. upon returning from the war. I think he, at the, from the moment he walks in the door, he's like, I am not the same person. She's not the same person. Mm-hmm. He has no desire to be there. That Not that, that I'm not trying to justify it, but neither of them are, um, nothing is emotionally at stake for either of them anymore. Oh, seems. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's been scenes that have played that out, I think, you know. Yeah. It paints a very uh, a sympathetic portrait of, I don't think most of the audience, they're out, most of the audience is going like, hmm, I get why this is weird, but I totally see why he's doing it. I don't, and I don't, I don't think, the thing I like about it is I don't think it even paints his wife necessarily in a bad light. Yeah, it it paints her in a like I was used to one thing and now we don't have that thing and Yeah, like it kind of paints her as like focused on more superficial things. Sure. But that doesn't necessarily not, mean That doesn't mean she's a bad person. Like Yeah, if she if she's the person who wants to live large and her what is fun for her is to go out every night. 
hey, there's got to be some people like that in the world. So yeah, if he can't uh, deliver on that, yeah, it's no doubt. I mean, she doesn't uh, come across as the the greatest person in the world, but but I I just well, I don't I don't think she ever comes off as. It could easily you could easily paint her as just oh this you could easy easily paint her as a floozy or a, a, you you could do her well, a number of ways and she's never not faithful to him right well don't they have isn't there a scene late in the movie that says well she there was she was unfaithful while she was he was gone uh my understanding was that they were two friends that were going out. Because she's tired of not going out, but she's hmm. still being faithful. Hmm. I don't know if I took that out of that, but hmm. that's not our minutes. But yeah. Anyway, that's later in the movie. Uh, but if you're listening to us, you've seen this whole movie. So. I I think she's uh, what I think she's doing there is is just pushing for a divorce is what she's doing. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah, she's actually think cheated on him. I think she's she's actually... in no way avoiding pushing him out. Oh yeah, like, for sure. It's her way or the highway. Yep. Anyway, just saying, very forward for a married man. Um, I can't imagine how forward this would have seemed in 1946. <laughs> you know, meet me in the parking lot in 20 minutes, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's totally into it. Like, like she she kind of went here for the... That, that's the other oh, side yeah. of the story. Pursuing him. She's pursuing him. He's not... For sure. It's not like... I'd actually say the onus is on her, not him. Like, I don't think right. he would have pursued her had she not pursued him. Right. That's, totally. That's my well, opinion. Yeah. Well, uh, we mentioned this. She's, she's almost always the instigator. Yeah. We yeah. mentioned this yesterday that a lot of this movie is shown from the perspective of her and Myrna Loy and them observing these characters when they're not watching. Mm-hmm. Like their first major scene together, um, you know, they go out, they hang out. But then that's immediately followed by her uh, putting him to bed, which I'm not saying this as a as a criticism. That's a long scene. You just watch her dote on him, yeah, while he's unconscious, and then make him breakfast and make good conversation. And then in this scene, it all plays out. I don't know if you noticed, but it plays out um, with the can. It's it starts on a two shot where. You see them looking at each other, but then it cuts to her and we, the audience are just staring at her Mm -hmm. looking at him. So we're not even being sold on like, look at Dana Andrews and how wonderful he is. We're being sold on her impression of him. Like, look, she is all about this guy. It's her enamorment of him. It's not whether or not the audience likes or dislikes Dana Andrews. It's, we are being shown that she likes Dana Andrews. Yeah. So, so, so many it's, other, it's not even left up to us to make yeah, the decision. Yeah. So many other pictures I think would have shown him checking the woman out. Well, if this was Cary Grant, it would be like, look at Cary Grant. Yeah. Hold the camera on Cary Grant. But here we, we actually get to hear him check the lady out and just her. Yeah. Her look at him. The movie just does an expert job in so many ways of just selling us on caring about all of these people and a lot of the movie you know i think we touched on this earlier the movie's almost three hours long a good chunk of the reason for that is because of these extended scenes of them all just kind of gush you know like it's real life it's real life just simple hanging out you know like 
the story is being told through real moments, mm-hmm. like eating breakfast and shopping and all of it. And you could certainly cut this movie down by an hour, but you would lose all the human the humanity. Mm-hmm. You would suck all the all the humanity out of the movie. I think You'd so. Still tell the same story, but you would lose connecting with these people and feeling like you've spent a, a good amount of time in their shoes. Yeah. I think it was uh Samuel Goldwyn who produced the movie, you know, of, of Metro Goldwyn Mayer, uh, MGM. Mm-hmm. He loved the picture so much that he's like, I don't care if it makes a dime. He goes, I just want every American to see this film. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> and they did. And man did. They. Yeah. Like this movie was a colossal hit. It, this was the biggest hit in Hollywood until Gone with the Wind. Um, Ever. No, uh, Gone with the Wind. Oh, no, this was after. Gone, Gone with the Wind came out before this. This came before this. And it it replaced oh, it, Gone with the Wind. Yeah, it might have been. For a time. Yeah, it might have been the biggest hit after the Gone with the Wind. I think I'm speaking yeah. out of. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, we should have researched this a little bit more. But no, 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 it, no. I, um, I know what it is now. I, I said it the back. I said it backwards. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was the biggest hit since Gone with the Wind, and then yes. and then because Gone with the Wind played for so long, it was then eclipsed by Gone with the Wind. Yes, yeah. well, and Gone with the Wind has you know four or five re-releases to stack onto its box office. So when you look at the Gone with the Wind number, a lot of that is like, well, and here's when it came out again in 1985. Yep. Um, but it made $23.7 million in 1946, which is $1 billion with a B today. So uh, that's some uh, that's some money. Yeah. Big time. Big time money. But it's just hard to imagine. like, And making that money on a three-hour uh, running time, which meant it only showed, you know, probably four times a day, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess same with the Gone with the Wind. It's just funny that long, long movies ruled the roost back then. Yeah. Well, then you got Titanic, which is not a short. Seventeen hours long. It's a sh- not a short film. <laughs> Man, I don't like that movie. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. I like a lot of James Cameron movies, but not that one. So, guys, playing. So we we moved to the. The restaurant. Lucia's. The restaurant. Lucia. Lucia's. 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 You got some dudes playing cards. Got guys playing cards kind of inside of a, and they're actually kind of in, there's a, like a frame within a frame. I really like that as it pans over of guys. There's kind of a nice. Yeah. Me- it's like a. It's kind like of a, a nice. Divider. Yeah. Kind of a nice mise-en-scene like where it's like, oh, it's like. We have a frame within a frame. Anyway, I like mm-hmm. it. It all serves the like naturalisticness of like this is set up like a real restaurant, not a Hollywood set. Well, and also I like the guys are playing cards right in the foreground. It kind of shows what kind of joint it is. Yeah. Like, not a fancy place. Uh, yeah. You're not going to have guys just hanging around smoking cigars, yeah. <laughs> drinking <laughs> and playing cards uh, in a normal restaurant. Yeah. Anyway, and then we get, I, I don't know if he ever gets called by name, but I have to imagine it's Luigi from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, what, uh, his name? The waiter. It's Lucia. Yeah, I think that's him, isn't it? He refers, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, it's the most broad, stereotypical 
Italian accent. Be Italian? Yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. This might be Just one said, of one of the bad marks on the movie. It's this moment. Yeah, when he leaves, I think it's next minute. Uh he says Giuseppe to the host. Well, that's to the host. That's a different guy. That's a different <laughs> oh, guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is the next minute, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just uh I don't know. I just had a million Simpson ep- episodes like run through my head. Yeah. It's like Hey, it's Mr. Kuglamatsa. Yeah, <laughs> you like a spaghetti. Yeah. Hey, it's Mr. Kuglamatsa and some real ugly kid. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we get you uh, the very uh, best. <laughs> oh, you lie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's totally like the Dana I'm, Carvey. Oh, you lie. Yeah. I make it for you. I make it for you. Um, What was the other one? <laughs> it was uh, the... uh uh. uh it's like, oh, Krusty, come in, come in, the Krusty. Oh, you don't have to sit with the rest of the scum. You have a special table. And then they all look at him and they're like, oh, I only call you scum compared to Krusty. Oh, yes. Oh, you see how you scum. You know. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Sorry to yeah. all our Italian listeners out there. Um, Thank you for joining us at Simpsons Corner. Yep. And uh, anyway, it is, um, it's a bad accent. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, one. Really? You don't think that's a real? I wouldn't know, I honestly. I just, I think it's fakey fake. The host later, I don't think is. But anyway, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe not. I don't know. Up to you guys. I'm just pointing it out. It just sounds super cartoony to me, and maybe it just is. All right, Jer. So before we get out of this, I want to talk about Teresa Wright. Oh, please. A little bit. This is a delightful actress. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this movie, uh, her look, uh, a lot of the time, reminded me of Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I don't know if you ever got that, but... Um. I could just see like serious Kristen Wiig. Well, that's uh, funny you mentioned that because if you very have, often if you see kind of has big eyes, uh, I don't know. She just had she just her face just looks so much like Kristen Wiig to me. Anyway, I agree. I've never thought that about her, but watching this movie. Um, well, if you've have you watched? It's because I've seen her. I've seen her as a younger actress before. Yeah, um, she's like in her late twenties in this movie. Yeah. Have you seen enough SNL and Kristen Wiig to see there's a sketch where Kristen Wiig is playing like kind of a, like a glorious Swanson, like over the top Hollywood actress. Oh, oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. And not that that's what uh, is happening in this movie, but there's definitely that like broad strokes kind of overemphasizing. I mean, I, I, I wasn't even saying so much on her performance. I literally think she looks like Kristen Wiig. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's just so funny. It's that much easier to imagine Kristen Wiig in this movie because Kristen yeah, Wiig she has, does those has, 19, has like, affected that type of performance in her career. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I just think they just physically look similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think I said this before, but she stars in one of my very favorite Hitchcock's maybe my very favorite. Is, really? Um, I really got to rewatch that. I know I've seen Shadow it. Shadow of a Doubt. She actually she actually stars in that film. Yeah. At, at a very young age. Uh, that so it shows it shows how just 
commanding she was. Uh, She's really good in this. Joseph Cotton has second billing to her in <laughs> Hitchcock's movie, and he's the main character. <laughs> so, and um, uh, that's, that's something. The one where, don't tell me. Edit this out so I don't. A couple, it's been remade a couple of times. Yeah, that. That's the one. Don't 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 say it. Don't don't finish my thought. Let me figure it out on my own. But make <laughs> oh, this, it. But this, edit it to make it good. sound good. Um, this will be good podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can all listen to Jeremy think. <laughs> That's the one where you said Joseph Cotton. That helped me out. That's the one where he is probably a bad guy and she's like the title implies that she is trying to figure out if he's guilty of something, like a murder. Uh, yeah, that he's one. like this murderous uncle. And, okay. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that like once back when I was really – diving deep into Alfred Hitchcock, but yeah, I really sure. should re-see it. Anyway, all right, that was fun. Thanks. I got a DVD that I can... Oh, I have it. I, I, I have the you. big Alfred Hitchcock box set that... There you go. I need to... Something to note, uh, just because I always like to bring it back around to, uh, you know, other movies mm-hmm. that we like. She is 13 years younger than her mother, Myrna Loy. Myrna Loy. In real life. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exactly how many years younger Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are. That's like the magic number for uh, uh, parent-child acting. Yeah. And (laughs) and she's, I'm guessing she's, I mean, she's 28 probably when they made this movie, somewhere in that ballpark. But she's playing, I would guess, Oh, way 20. younger. She's playing like 18, 19, 20. Cause I think e- easily, Frederick easily. March says, and, and she look and she looks it to be honest. Oh yeah. And I think, cause I think Frederick March is talking about like they were kids when he left and yeah, comes home and they're out of school and have lives. So yeah, totally. Well, that's it for uh minute one Oh three. Yep, that is it for Minute 103. And listeners, you can find the Best Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and you can go to the main site and listen to episodes at thebestminutes.com. And if you wanted to catch up with us on social media, look for Butch's Place, the Best Minute Years of Our Lives Listeners Cafe on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter at The Best Minutes. And we'll see you next time. Hoagie will get right back to you. Yes, he will. And (laughs) that's it. Okay, bye. See you tomorrow. All right, see you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.